It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Redskins. I'm your host, as always, Zach Hicks. You can find my work on Breaking Football and the Breaking the Draft podcast with my co-host, John Valencia. Now, we are joined today by Brad Kelly of Breaking Football to talk all Senior Bowl today. And I mean, we, were, we were just both down there in Mobile for an entire week, got to spend a week with the players, some of the coaches down there, some other big writers. So it's a big opportunity for us, and, and I'm just glad to have Brad on here to talk about it. So how's it going, Brad? It's going well. Yeah, like you said, just got back from Mobile. Yesterday was my first day back, and it was terrible. I just miss being down there with the boys, being at practice every day. Oh, dude, I know. It's like it's like having an experience of, like at your dream job, what you always want to do, and then having to go back to right. normal life right afterwards. It's terrible. I hated it. I was I was complaining my whole time at work. I'm like, I gotta quit this job. I hate it. I just want to go back <laughs> down. To, I just want to go back down to Mobile. But you know, we have to get back to life eventually. But I, I'm very sad to leave Mobile for sure. It was great to be there, though, being at the practices. The game was awesome, but like you said, that that's the dream job is being able to be there every day and scout players. It definitely is. So one day, one day, that's the dream. We'll get our site up there eventually to where we can just do that for a living. But let's talk some Senior Bowl, man. So let's let's just first start off, like, how was the week in general? Who did you meet? Mike McCray was one of them, Byron Pringle, Deshaun Hamilton. I went in talking to Marcel Hinton and Jaleel Scott hoping that they were going to have big weeks, and I had some follow-up interviews with them as well. So uh, did they give you any like good, good tidbits of information or anything that you know you want to share here? Because I know you and I both talked to Chenna Nwosu and Saran Neal, and I actually have them up here on the site. So those are up there if you guys want to check them out. They're the last two podcasts that are up. Brad was, was in those with me. Anything that you heard from McCray and Pringle or anything, anything you want to share with us here? Uh, yeah, so McCray, talking to him, uh, he talked about how Don Brown's Don Brown system really helped him flourish. He talked about how before Don Brown got there, he barely even played, and how he was perfect fit for their system. As far as uh, Pringle goes, he talked about how he works on his flexibility nightly. He got resistance bands more than a year ago, and the strides that he's made since he's gotten started working on that have been huge, and you could really see that on the field, uh, how his mobility and his flexibility helped him get in and out of his breaks. Let's ju- kind of jump right now into a little bit of our standouts that we saw throughout the week. So. I was watching receivers with you quite a bit, so give me some receivers that stand out. Because you, if anyone doesn't know, Brad is our receiver expert at breaking football. I mean, please go follow him on Twitter and follow his work because I mean his his receiver work is excellent. So give me some of your standouts at the wide receiver position. Yeah, we've talked about this at length. Deshaun Hamilton was just incredible all week. He was fast. He was in, in and out of his breaks quickly. He was releasing off the line of scrimmage, creating separation at the line of scrimmage with ease on every corner. He made Marcus King turn around like three times on one route. It was incredible. Brian Pringle, like just mentioned, he was kind of like Deshaun Hamilton light. He was really at the break point. He kind of struggled sometimes with diagnosing the cornerback's leverage and working his route around that. But I think he's pretty advanced in, as far as getting open, creating that separation. Uh, James Washington was pretty good going deep, but he kind of struggled in the intermediate in the short game. And past that, DJ Chark had a great game. He wasn't that impressive during the week, but in the game he had two huge plays, tracked the ball over his shoulder. He has He's a huge playmaker down the field. Yeah, so my big thing, because I know a lot of people were actually uh, asking me about this this week, was with DJ Chark. 
when I said that he didn't really help himself this week or he wasn't really a riser for me, it's because, to me, he didn't really show anything that I didn't think he could already do. You know, like, he didn't he didn't rise up in traffic. He didn't go up and get the ball. Did you see anything this week that you haven't seen on film from Chark, or was it more of, like, everything you saw on film with him? Yeah, I agree with you. He His ball skills are leave a lot to be desired. His body control is good. His speed is good. He's very smooth in and when he runs, his nickname growing up was Smooth, which is pretty cool. Uh, but he does kind of struggle as far as tracking the ball down the field and rising up, you know, rising at an optimal angle to go get it. He lets everything come into his chest. And he did that on the two plays that he made in the game. He just happened to beat them off the line of scrimmage. So that's really the key with him is being the, is beating the corner at the line, you know, getting on top of him and then being able to get it over his shoulder because that's, that's where he's comfortable. But he didn't do anything in the practice to make me think that he was improved since the season. Let's jump into a little bit on Pringle, though. So this guy only had 69 catches in his entire college career, and he comes in here and just dominates the entire week at the Senior Bowl. I mean, did you even watch any film of him coming in, or was he a complete unknown to you? I had not watched any film of him coming in. We He was added late, so we tried to check some out during the week, but before that, I had no introduction to him at all. I think that his production suffered when he only played two years at Kansas State after coming from a JUCO, and this past season he had three quarterbacks. There was pretty much a carousel of quarterbacks. I spoke with him and I asked him at the next level, do you think consistency at the QB position would be a huge strength for him? And he thought it would be. How if he would prefer to be drafted to a team with a young QB and be able to grow with him and have that consistency at QB for years to come. Now, do you see all three of those guys, Chark, Hamilton, and Pringle, as slot guys, or do you see them like where, where do you see these guys in the NFL? I think Deshaun Hamilton's more suited for the slot. I think he's he's so quick. He's he's good at. He's good at the line, and his releases are good at the line of scrimmage. He could be on the outside, but I think if you put him on linebacker, it's all over. As far as Chark and Pringle go, I think Chark's a little bit bigger. He He's a downfield threat. He could be he moved around a lot. He was moved around a lot at LSU in Matt Canada's offense. He's moved around a lot in motions. He was in the slot. He was at the wing sometimes. He's a piece that you can kind of move around, which is good for the modern-day offense. Pringle's kind of the same way. I think Pringle's a little bit less a guy that I want like going in motion, playing the slot. He's I think he's more of an outside guy, kind of like Malcolm Mitchell for the Patriots. So were there any other guys who caught your eye? Because I know, again, you're watching mostly receivers, but any other position groups or any guys in other positions that really caught your eye this week? Other position groups, our boy Saran Neal, he was he looked pretty good. He was very aggressive. You know, he was getting his hands on everyone. Uh, and then in the game, Jeremy Reeves, he he was everywhere. He had a, a, a tackle on a fourth and short on Kalen Balaj. He knocked a couple passes away, knocked a pass away from Mike Gusecki on a two-point conversion, and then later on he had an interception. So he was pretty much all over the place. I think that kid can really play. Yeah, he he was definitely great in the game. I didn't see it all week in practice because I was watching safeties, but but man, he he definitely stood out in the game. And, and then Saran Neal, of course. I mean, his physicality was insane. He was knocking receivers around all week. He was getting a little grabby with guys at times and was riding them up and down the field. But, but man, he was making them pay every time they lined up against them. He was even rocking your boy a little bit, Marcel Aitman. He was... He was pushing him around. <laughs> but yeah, he was pushing him around. Now, okay, so we just talked about some standouts here, but let's let's go through each position here, and we will name the top guy at each position that we saw this week. So let's start with quarterback. Who was the top quarterback that you saw in Mobile this past week? The top quarterback was Baker Mayfield, far and away during practice. He didn't have a huge game. He didn't play that much, but... The, person, the quarterback who exceeded the expectations the most was Kyle Valletta yeah. from Richmond. Maybe not necessarily exceed expectations because those of us who have watched him before, 
thought that he was pretty good, but I think he exceeded a lot of people's expectations who didn't know he was a household name coming in, and he probably proved himself as a day-two pick. Yeah, I'd actually agree completely with both those statements. Baker Mayfield was far and away the best quarterback down there, but Colaletto really made a name for himself, and, and I expect him to have a big week like that. It's just I'm glad that he did and everyone can see who he is. Now let's jump to running back here. Who who was the top running back? Coming in, I would have said Rashad Penny. I don't think Penny did anything in practice to make me say, wow. I don't think he did anything to hurt or, or help his draft stock. He was just kind of a guy. It's kind of hard senior ball practice for running backs to really make a name. Yeah, uh, Everyone's going to love what Balazs did, but I don't really see him as a running back more so than a, just a guy you move around to get the ball. I think the best running back, pure running back this week, was Edo Smith from Southern Miss. He's so elusive. He's so elusive. And he, coming in, he weighed over 200 pounds, which is unexpected for him. If you compare that to Akron Wadley, who was only 188, is a more size Edo Smith, there's more juice and legs. I think he is definitely a top 10 running back for me. I like it. So Brad's a Patriots fan, if any of you guys are listening don't know. So i got to ask Brad, potential Deion Lewis replacement, Edo Smith? I think that's a decent comparison. I wanted Akron Wildly going into the week, and I said that Akron Wildly reminds me a lot of Rex Burkhead, but I think Edo Smith is the superior running back now, so it's potentially a Deion Lewis replacement. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I know Patriots fans are going to be looking that after the draft, so, or after the Super Bowl, so we'll be, we'll be looking into that for sure. Now, we already talked about receivers, so we'll move on to uh, tight ends now. Who was the top tight end down there this past week? My, the best one was Mike Gusecki. He was... Getting open, he's, he has very flexible hips. He's very good at the break point. He's a downfield threat. He was everywhere catching the ball. On film, he's not a great blocker, but I think that his effort was high this week in blocking, trying to prove doubters wrong. Uh, Chris Spooner at Spoonforth Sport, who was a breaking football writer, he had an eye on Gusecki, wanting to see if his blocking improved, and he thought that it did uh, throughout the week. So I think Gusecki was the top tight end in Mobile, but I think the talent there was pretty deep. Yeah, it was a very deep class, and there were some guys that really stood out. Deion Yelder, I, I had no clue who he was, and he came out He came out and just dominated. And then Jordan Atkins, you know, he's 27 years old, but he looked really good down there. But by far and away, Jasicki was the best tight end. I mean, he was uncoverable for most of the week, and that's with a lot of good safety prospects. I like Kazir White, Trayvon Henderson. They were trying the best they could, but Jasicki was just too much for him with his length and his route-running ability were just insane. And there's other tight ends out down there, and Thomas, Duron Smythe, uh, Troy Fumagalli, and... Uh, Goder and Brenneman got hurt on day one, but I think the tight end class is, is excellent. I will say, though, Ian Thomas is my boy, and he had a nice catch up the seam in the game, <laughs> 28 yards, and I think I would take him in the top two rounds. But to take uh, Vanilla Gusecki as well, after one of the practices, we overheard him say he thinks he's going to run in the high four fives and break the broad jump record for tight ends at the combine, which is 11 foot 2 inches. If he does that, he is going in the first round yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, 100%. And, and, you know, it wouldn't shock me if he goes in the first round because I've kind of compared him this draft season to Jimmy Graham Light. Now, again, he's not Jimmy Graham, but he has a very similar style and a similar way that he wins. It's just with his big size, jump ball ability, except I think Jasicki is a better route runner. 
So he if he goes in the first round, it yeah. wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me at all if he goes in the first round. Uh, let's jump to offensive linemen now. Any offensive linemen that caught your eye this week? I loved Will Hernandez, the big guard from uh, UTEP. 340 pounds. He's under 6'3". So you can just imagine he is a cannonball. He is uh, powerful. He's great in a phone booth. Recently wrote a Patriots seven-round mock draft, and I mocked him to the Patriots at pick 32. Yes, pick 32. Pick 30. First round. Going to win the week. <laughs> uh, I really love the, the way Will Hernandez looked. Yeah, he, he's a mauler, man. He's 340, and we were watching him at the weigh-ins. We were like, holy crap, this guy is huge. Yeah. And he doesn't even look like he's, he's 340. Not, he well, right. Yeah. yeah his body so thick. Yeah, he, he holds it really well, which is great for him. And and he was definitely a standout. I mean, any guy who went up against him, he was just mauling them. And then uh, Isaiah Wynn out of Georgia was also great. I thought he, yeah. he looked really good when I was rewatching some of the online film. But all, offensive linemen actually looked really good. They were holding their own against the a stout defensive line group that was down there this past week. And I was actually very impressed by a lot of the guys. Coming out of the way in, I think it was Ryan Buhair who said to me, I think Will Hernandez be my number one overall pick if I was getting in a bear fight. <laughs> I think that's pretty much all you need to know about Will Hernandez is he is just such a big human being and he's so powerful that he is, he would be, he's the alleyway number one overall pick. He really is. If you put him in a phone booth, I mean, he probably won't fit in the phone booth, but he will, he will beat up anybody who's in there with him. That's, that's for sure. Now let's jump on the other side of the ball. Defensive lineman. Now, any defensive lineman that really stood out for you? Pretty much all the guys from NC State look good. The two guys, I should say. I said all the guys because I was thinking, obviously, Bradley Chubb is a top five pick. And yeah. Contavious Street, the Shrine game, has solidified himself as a draft pick. Mm-hmm. So the entire NC State defensive line with Hill and Jones, they're all going to get drafted. They all might get drafted on the first two days. Yeah. But I, I, I thought that they look really good. Justin Jones' thighs are huge. Uh, we were, we were Jonathan Valencia and I were looking at, at him after one of the practices on the field, and it was just a marvel to look at. So I think those two guys are pretty good. On the edge, Marcus Davenport made some splash plays, but he was pretty consistent. And if he does go in the top 15 like the talk is, he will be very raw coming out, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't like him in the fifth, top 15. I like the traits in the top 15, I, and I really like the guy. I mean, I got to take a selfie with him. He was a really cool guy, really cool guy to talk to. I, I really enjoyed him throughout this week, but yeah, I just don't see it as a player right now. He's going to be very raw. He needs to go to a good team, I think, where he can develop. But uh, again, this defensive line group is great. And the one guy I want to highlight because it was funny when you and I were watching when the weigh-ins was uh, Nathan Shepard out of Fort Hayes yeah. State. I mean, I have never seen a person so built. I mean, this guy, when, when he walked on the stage, you and I looked at each other. We looked up there. We're like, oh, my gosh, what is that? I mean, it was just pure muscle. And then as he weighed in at, like, what, 310 or something, he's clapping off the yeah, stage because he knows. Well, what did he weigh in at again? He's rocked up 300 pounds, yeah. Yeah, so he weighed in at 300 pounds, and he was clapping his way off the stage. He was all pumped up and – I was yeah. like, that guy is going to go pretty high, and then he dominated the first day of practice. I wish he would have practiced all week because, man, that guy <laughs> that guy was, was turning some heads for sure. But, yeah, he was great. Uh, Agbani Akaronko really caught my eye too. He put on a little bit of weight. He was up to around 245, 250, I think. And he was really setting the edge all week in the run game, which was the big thing that people were questioning. And I, I really liked uh, the way that he played this week as well. Yeah, on uh, Shepard, when he said he was clapping off the stage, he for those of you who didn't see the way, and he basically got behind a curtain where they were exiting the stage, and his claps boomed throughout the room. And it, I said, like, if his intensity at the way is like that, I can't wait to see his intensity on the field. Like, that's the type of guy that I want on my team because I know he's going to give everything on every single play. 
Yeah, I think he might have moved himself up to date too, honestly. I mean, the way that he looked and the way that he played this past week, and I mean, if you watch his film too at Fort Hayes State, nobody can block him. I mean, it looks like he's running through cones on every single snap. It's it's hilarious. So I I think he might be a day two pick, maybe like a really early day three guy. And I think he'll be a good player in the NFL for sure. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed let's jump to linebackers now i know you already mentioned mccray but any other linebackers that really caught your eye darius leonard out of south carolina state he weighed in i think at 229 but his sideline to sideline speed was excellent he made one play in goal line reps day two where ito smith came out of the backfield he came all the way from the mic and just clocked ito smith and the sound that boomed throughout the stadium was just it was vicious he flew around the game i think he had something like 14 total tackles so he's, I think he solidified himself. Maybe as a day two pick, I think he's going to be a good pro player. Yeah, I really do think he will be too. Because, I mean, I had no clue who he was going the week. I know John Valencia, he was telling me about him leading up like all week. He's like, watch this Darius Leonard kid. And I just refused to watch him. I don't know why. I should have I watched him. But, man, I mean, he was flying. There was a lot of athletic linebackers down there. Fred Warner was another one. But, but Leonard just looked like the best athlete there. And it, was, it wasn't even close. He was flying all over the place. So I'm a huge fan. I think he can fit in a lot of team schemes in today's NFL. And I, I think he'll go maybe day two, like you said, maybe early day three. Jumping into the corners now, uh, any corners that really caught your eye besides Saron? Isaac Yadam out of Boston College. I was talking about him all week. He's yeah. 6'1". I think he had the third longest arms of the corners. He was very good length. He was the best in man coverage, in my opinion. He had a couple reps where he might even got beat off the line of scrimmage, but he was so good at recovering with his length, getting in phase, looking, leaning, and like tracking the ball and looking at the ball as he snapped his head back to, towards the QB. He really clamped up Michael Gallup. I think Gallup really struggled with his length. And I think Yadam really really solidified himself. He looks uh, he would, would thrive in a man scheme. I think he's a guy who like is like a Seahawks type prototype. Yeah, he looked really good this week. He really gave uh, guys who struggle with physicality a lot of fits. And Gallup was an excellent example. I mean, he Gallup just couldn't get off him all week. And it was, it was really evident we were watching some of the receiver drills for sure. I really so I really like Iadam. I think that he's a day two guy. We do have some all twenty two tape now between us that we could watch. So we will see a little bit more of Iadam on all twenty two and see if he moved that way in college. But he really caught my eye this week, and I'm glad to, I'm like looking to watch some more of him the next week or so. To jump to the, some safeties now, I know that I I usually talk about safeties, but any safeties that really caught your eye? I know you already mentioned Jeremy Reeves in the game. I mean, I would defer to you on this one because you are the safety guy. You had an eye on him. But the way that you were talking about Kaiser White and the way that he was sticking some people, I would definitely say him. He was the first day I heard his name practice bunch, leaving practice. People are talking him up. I have not been able to watch the film on him, but he seems like a guy who couldn't even sneak into the first round. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm the safety guy for breaking football. I know I've probably said it on here a hundred times, so you guys all listening probably know that already. But yeah, Kaiser White really caught my eye this week. I was really excited about him going into the week. If you guys follow me on Twitter, I've been tweeting about him for, for a couple weeks now. I think he's a pure box safety, but I think that's a role that needs to be filled in the NFL now. An athletic box safety who can shut down tight ends, and he, he's a big hitter too. So I, I'm a huge fan of Kaiser White. I, I just finished his, his prospect grade today, and he graded out as a mid-second rounder for me, slash early second rounder. 
So I, I think he's going to be a really good pro player. I think a team's going to get a steal in the second round out of him. But he he really showed up this week. And then Trayvon Henderson out of Hawaii. I need to get more tape on this kid because he was athletic and he was competing with everybody. I mean, he was jamming. I think he jammed Duran Smythe on a goal line rep uh, later in the week. I think it was day three. And Smythe couldn't get him off, get off him for like three or four seconds. And this kid's six foot, like 200 pounds. So I was really impressed by him this whole week, and the way that he was competing with these guys was just insane. So last little bit we're going to jump into here now, Brad, before I call it a night, is biggest disappointments throughout the week. I know you're watching, again, receivers, like I've said a thousand times on here. So we'll start with some receivers. Who was your biggest disappointments at receiver? Yeah, so th- these ones are kind of easy. I went into the week with huge hopes for Jaleel Scott. I mentioned him earlier as a guy I interviewed right away. 6'5", he's 215 pounds, he's long, his wingspan is like 6'9", it's like something crazy. Yeah. I was really excited for him, but he dropped too many passes, he really struggled to make contested catches, despite, I think, showing that trade on film, he really struggled in the short game. He did look pretty good on the cones, which which gives me hope that he can improve as far as like his cone work and his ability to cut back and forth, that he can improve as a route runner, but right now he's just not there. Other than him... The two guys who had similar weeks were Marcel Aitman and Alan Lazard. On the first two days, they were just getting there. I think they were trying to prove that they could get open like the smaller guys. When realistically, I don't think they have to. I think if you win with a guy in your hip, you can be a possession receiver at the next level. And I think on day three, they finally just said enough is enough and started to rise over some people, especially especially Lazard. He had three catches above the rim on day three. That really was like, why weren't you doing this all week? And then in the game, Aitman had a red zone touchdown, nice long extension. It was a dart, I think it was thrown by Allen, that he caught in the end zone. And it was it was like, wow, you guys, the last the, the day three of practice, end of the game, those two guys kind of figured it out. The two first days made me question their consistency. And I think as a possession receiver, you need to be consistent at the next level. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with you guys, or with those guys there, because, we were again, we were watching receivers for most of the week. And I would actually throw in Gallup, too, because I had really high expectations for Michael Gallup. And it wasn't so much that he didn't show me anything this week. It's just I, I didn't see a lot of the effort concerns on film, like like you mentioned out, you mentioned to me when we were watching. I didn't see much of the effort concerns on film. But, man, when we were watching those practices and you could see little things in between the plays or, or off a pick that, like, Josh Allen threw, the effort problems were huge. And it really yeah. irked me the wrong way, man. I, ugh, I, I can't stand players who don't give 100% on the field. Yeah, he has a little tendencies, like even not like rising up for a ball that was a little underthrown or not attacking the catch point. And like you said, in the interception, he just walked off the field as the play was still going on. It was just, it was frustrating. But then he goes out in the game and he catches an island pass over the middle and takes it for 20 yards uh, down inside the 20. And then he rises up, climbs a ladder over the middle, takes a hit and makes a play. So it's kind of just like, he's just so frustrating because he has the ability. It's just a matter of doing it on uh, playing and play out. Exactly, I'm completely in agreement there. Uh, any other players who really hurt their stock this week or were disappointed to you other than receivers? I would probably say, well, Tanner Lee was an absolute mess, but I didn't have any expectations for him going in. <laughs> uh, I, uh, tight end-wise, I was hoping to see some out of Toy from Magali. He was okay. He was he was getting open consistently on day two, and he was just getting missed. But I didn't really see too much of him as far as catching the ball. I know he's a great blocker. I mean, he's from, he's from Wisconsin. And like blocking is huge for isn't it? their run game is huge in Wisconsin. They, you won't play if you're tight and you can't block. But I didn't see too much of him as far as catching the ball. I think it was open. You just get missed. And I don't know if he has to be consistent like that at the next level. Yeah, I, I think he's a tight end two type guy in the next level. I really think he's like a uh, Anthony Fasano type, where he's a good blocker, 
you know, got a good body for this and can catch everything thrown his way, but is he really going to get open consistently? Probably not. I mean, he doesn't really have the speed or not the, he's not a great route runner either. So I just don't think he's going to be that great tight end one in the NFL, but he's a very good player. And I think he showed a couple things this week. It's just nothing that really made me feel super confident about him going like day two in, in the draft this year. But that's all we got, guys, for today's show. Thanks again, Brad, for coming on. We're going to have you back on when we want to break down some receivers here. We'll probably throw some film at you and, and make you break down some receiver stuff for us because I know a little bit about receivers. I played in high school, but you're you're the expert over at breaking football. So thanks again for jumping on, man, talking some senior bowl with us, some guys who who showed up and you guys who just didn't show up at all, really. Um, any last words, though, before we call today? I would say definitely thank you for having me on. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at bradkelly seventeen. That's K-E-L-L-Y-1-7. And obviously follow Breaking Football at Breaking underscore FB. I recently got picked up by Cover One, which is at Cover underscore One underscore Cover One dot net. You can give them a follow. I'll start doing prep for them probably within the next few days. Yeah, guys, definitely go follow him on there. He's one of the biggest risers right now in the in the draft Twitter community, and he's he's really flying up. I mean, his, again, his receiver breakdowns are excellent. I learned so much from all of them, and I'm just glad to, to have sat next to him while he was breaking down receiver this week. But, again, man, thanks for coming on. And I'll catch you guys in another edition of our Around the NFL in 30, epi- 30 like podcast episodes. I, I still don't have a name for it, so I will get that up eventually. But we will be joined again on Thursday by Ross O'Keefe of Breaking Football to talk about the Giants offseason and their uh, plans going forward and all that stuff. So, again, guys, be sure to check that out on Thursday, and I will catch you guys later. another uh, edition of our Around the NFL in 30 episodes uh, edition there. Whatever, I'll, I'll fix it. And I'll catch you guys next week with another edition of our Around the NFL in 30, epi- 30 like podcast episodes. I, I still don't have a name for it, so I will get that up eventually. But we will be joined again on Thursday by Ross O'Keefe of Breaking Football to talk about the Giants offseason and their uh, plans going forward and all that stuff. So again, guys, be sure to check that out on Thursday, and I will catch you guys later. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.